Hello, everybody, and welcome back to True Time. In this week's case, the police had reached a conclusion for a cause of death. However, the victim's family had other suspicions. This is the case of Rebecca Zahau. Hello, everyone. My name is Avery. And my name is Dylan. And wow, <laughs> some flair. I just sprung that on her. I thought that would be fun. <laughs> well, we welcome you to True Time. Welcome. Thank you for listening in. And please wipe your feet at the door. We're glad to have you here. <laughs> so we have some exciting life updates. We do. We actually did something. <laughs> we went somewhere. Yes. Uh, this weekend, we went on a wine walk. And it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Yeah, I, did, I really had a great time. I thought it would be a little bit more low-key than it was. But Germans take it very, <laughs> very seriously. Like, yeah. People were like had custom wagons made to hold their wine, hold their speakers. like, And not just a little JBL, like an actual... Like speaker that you see at a concert, like a twelve <laughs> by twelve giant speaker with like bass. And <laughs> yeah, they were loud. Um, so for anybody who maybe doesn't know, a wine walk is basically just a kind of designated walk through the different vineyards. And every so often, I don't know exactly how far they were apart. They have booths set up that have a bunch of different wines you can try. They have snacks and. A bunch of stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah. It was an awesome experience. Yeah. We got like these little carrying pouch necklace things for our yeah. wine glasses. Yeah. Anytime your glass is empty, you just stick in your little neck pouch and then you just carry it around like with you like a little kangaroo mom. <laughs> but it was really cool. And it was only about an hour away. So it was awesome to just go somewhere new, walk through the vineyards. Mm-hmm. We tried some good wine. Yeah, the vineyards in Germany are next level. Like, they love their wine. They have amazing wine. It was right on the Rhine River, which is a large river that runs through Germany. And it was awesome. Yeah. And it was also pretty much one of the first big events since they've changed a lot of the COVID restrictions here. Mm -hmm. We just, within the past few days... Um, went maskless i guess like yeah sort of downgraded yeah there isn't um a strict mask mandate anymore so that's why i think there was also so many people oh yeah yeah it was packed mm -hmm. packed but still had an amazing time yeah it kind of just made us more excited for maybe the more fun festivals that'll hopefully happen throughout the summer and everything oh, like yeah. that yeah and the fall yeah can't wait yeah so that was really exciting. And then the day, two days before we went on our wine walk, though, Germany decided to surprise us once again with its weather. Yeah. And we had a huge snowstorm out of insane. nowhere. Mm -hmm. it, the ground was covered, the trees. Within hours, like two hours. It was so quick. It was like at least two to three inches on the ground. Yeah, it was kind of eerie how it just happened. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was lightning and thunder. Yeah, that was weird too. Yeah. But. It actually ended up shutting down a lot of roads, a bunch of trees because of the weight from the snow mm-hmm. caused them to collapse into the roads. And like my family was out without power. So. Yeah, it wasn't. So it wasn't like a normal light snow. It was very dense. So I think the temperature wasn't fully cold enough. So it made it sort of wet. And when it clumped together on the trees, it pulled a lot of these loose branches and even knocked trees, like whole entire large trees over. Yeah. So closed down a lot of roads. It was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So Saturday we didn't go anywhere because <laughs> yeah, the road didn't. conditions were not good. <laughs> you could not drive. So. But yeah, so that's kind of our mini weekend update. Mm-hmm. You can be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're just messing. But if you did do something fun as well, you can always hit us up. Let us know what's going on. Yeah. But that's not the most exciting life update. Very true. Do you want to say it? Mm, Yeah. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) We are picking up our kitten on Friday. So we're actually able to get him like three weeks early almost. Or two weeks. It's like two weeks. Yeah, like two weeks early. So I cannot wait. April 15th. Mm-hmm. He's right before coming Easter. Home. Yeah, right before Easter. He's our Easter gift. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Easter Bunny. Yeah, seriously. But I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. We already have everything prepped for him. It's going to be a spoiled kitty. But so excited. Yeah, that was some exciting news. And like Dylan said, we pretty much prepped everything. And we're just waiting. We're like counting the seconds. We're yeah. counting down the days, just trying to stay busy and <laughs> yeah, keep distracted. It's so hard. But when we get him, we'll definitely have to post some pictures. So, yeah, you guys will be flooded with photos. Go follow our Instagram and our Facebook page to see some updates when Kaiser comes home. Yeah, at True Time Podcast. And then on Avery's personal is at Avery E. Hamill. Yep. So go follow us, please, to keep up with the case pictures and to see the newest member of True Time. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's about it. Yeah, I believe so. Are you ready to get into this week's case? I guess so. Okay. So... Just a quick disclaimer, I wanted to let all of you know that this story involves the topic of suicide, so please take care of yourself and only listen to what you are comfortable with. Our case this week begins in July of 2011. Rebecca Zahal was 32 years old and was born in Falm, Chin State, which is in the Chin Hills of Burma. She spent time living in Nepal and Germany before eventually moving to the United States. Rebecca's family also relocated to the United States and moved to St. Joseph, Missouri. In 2002, Rebecca married a man named Neil Nalepa, who was a nursing student in Scottsdale, Arizona. Over the next few years, Rebecca would find herself in a bit of trouble. In August of 2009, she was arrested for shoplifting $1,000 worth of jewelry from a Macy's in Phoenix to which she pled guilty, according to Medium.com. Honestly, I didn't even know Macy's had $1,000 worth of jewelry in their whole store. Really? (laughs) They have those, like, set up. I don't know. Hmm. 
But around the same time, while she was still married, Rebecca began dating a man named Jonah Shacknai. Jonah was the CEO of Medicis Pharmaceutical. According to Medium.com, he was one of the top 10 highest earning CEOs in the entire state of Arizona and made around $6.4 million the year of 2010. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Jonah had two previous marriages before dating Rebecca, both of which he had children from. With his second wife, Dina Romano, he had a son named Maxfield, who went by Max, who spent time living with him. Rebecca did work as an ophthalmic technician until she quit in December of 2010. What is that? Like an eye doctor oh, tech? Oh, I see. Yeah. Shortly after, in February of 2011, Rebecca and Neil divorced as well. Rebecca and Jonah, however, still continued dating. In July of 2011, Rebecca, Jonah, and Max were living at the Spreckles Mansion in Coronado, California. The Spreckles Mansion was a summer home for Jonah. Rebecca, <laughs> what? Mansion is in the title and it's just a summer home. I know. <laughs> hey, we see how much he makes. Yeah. From his CEO position. Yeah. Rebecca had her younger sister named Zena, who was 13 years old at the time, visiting from Missouri. On July 11th, Rebecca and Zena were at the mansion watching Max, who was six, for the day when the unthinkable happened. While Rebecca was in the bathroom, she heard a huge crash, so she immediately came out to see what had happened. What she found was Max face down at the bottom of the stairs, not moving. According to Medium.com, his scooter was on top of him and the glass chandelier had fallen and shattered all around him. Oh my gosh. Rebecca immediately instructed her sister Zena to call 911 while she did her best to help and try to revive Max. By the time the paramedics arrived, Max wasn't breathing and was still unresponsive, so he was rushed to Rady's Children's Hospital. Oh, that's sad. It's so sad. The doctors found that he had sustained fatal injuries to his spine and the bones in his face, which made it nearly impossible for him to breathe, and it also severely affected his heart rate. Gosh. There wasn't much the doctors could do due to the severity of Max's injuries. They concluded that he was riding his scooter on the carpeted landing at the top of the stairs and somehow tripped over a toy or the family dog, which caused him to fall over the second floor banister while also hitting the chandelier, causing it to fall down as well. Gosh. I know, it's terrible. The next day after the accident, Rebecca took her younger sister Zena to the airport to fly home and she picked up Jonah's brother Adam Shacknai, who had flown in from Memphis, Tennessee, to be there for Jonah and Max. In the evening, Rebecca ate dinner with Jonah and Adam along with another friend of theirs named Howard. After dinner, Rebecca and Adam went back to the mansion for the night while Jonah went to the hospital to check on Max with his ex-wife, Dina. Once it got late, instead of returning back to the mansion, Jonah stayed at a Ronald McDonald house near the hospital to be close and get some rest in case anything came up since Max's condition was only progressively getting worse. Is a Ronald McDonald house like where families can stay who like have family members in that hospital? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I've heard of things like that. I mm -hmm. just wanted to make sure. Yeah, they're like conveniently located, I think, towards like care facilities and offer beds and showers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
Back at the mansion, some neighbors remember hearing loud music coming from the home that night, but that would be nothing in comparison to what they would hear the next morning. On the morning of July 13th, at around 6.45 a.m., Adam was making his way into the mansion from the guest house to get some coffee when he saw Rebecca hanging from a balcony. Wait, that's his ex-wife? Or his girlfriend? That's his brother's girlfriend. His brother's girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Jonah's at the Ronald McDonald house, but mm-hmm. him, his brother Adam and his girlfriend Rebecca are back at the mansion. Oh. So Adam was walking inside to the main house because he was staying in the guest house and there's like a courtyard and as he was making his way he looked up and saw the girlfriend Rebecca hanging from a balcony oh my gosh what the heck is happening so the description is graphic so just a warning Rebecca was nude with her wrists tied up behind her and her feet were also bound together tape residue was found on her legs as well She was also gagged with a long sleeve shirt that was wrapped around her head with the sleeves tied into knots shoved into her mouth, according to medium.com. Adam immediately called 911 and rushed upstairs to cut her down so he could attempt to resuscitate her, but it was too late. She was pronounced dead at the scene, according to medium.com. That seriously sounds like something from like a horror movie. Yeah, it's very scary. I couldn't imagine being in a situation like that. That's insane. Mm -hmm. While waiting for police to arrive, multiple helicopters and news sources found out and began circling the home, getting multiple pictures of Rebecca's naked body bound together lying in the grass. That's messed up. Yeah. I like that's one thing about news and everything that, it's pretty messed up. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty heartless to go, yeah. Dive into that when someone's going through that and take those pictures that, I mean, are pretty demeaning to that person. It's and, very graphic and scary. Yeah. Just to see it as a news story is pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. And you can just Google the pictures; they come up. So it's yeah, that's it's even worse. That's pretty messed up. The Coronado Police brought in the San Diego County Sheriff's Department Homicide Unit to investigate Rebecca's death since the scene couldn't be fully concluded as suicide right away, according to timesofsandiego.com. Heartbreakingly, three days later, Max Shacknai passed away from going into cardiac arrest and had brain damage and swelling due to the lack of oxygen. Yeah, that's so sad. His death was ruled as accidental. However, the trauma doctor who treated him had other suspicions. According to Medium.com, after Max's autopsy was performed, the doctor felt that his cause of death wasn't correlated with the injuries he had and believed that Max may have been suffocated before he fell. Oh, gosh. However, there was not enough evidence to conclude there was any foul play involved, and Dina's request to have a deeper investigation into Max's death was declined, and the accidental death declaration remained. As police began to investigate Rebecca's death, her boyfriend Jonah and his ex-wife Dina were ruled out with hospital surveillance footage. Adam did take a polygraph test the day after, and the results were inconclusive, but they weren't finding any actual evidence that would have proven he played a role in her death. Other than the gag and taped up and 
Like what? I'll get into explaining that because it's not unusual for a suicide. For real? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's really confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Police searched the entire crime scene for DNA, but all that came up was Rebecca's. On September 2nd, 2011, Sheriff Bill Gore held a news conference that confirmed Rebecca's autopsy results to be a suicide. He stated that she tied her own bindings and hung herself. However, there were also some strange findings that led various investigators to create their own opinions and ideas about what could have actually happened. In Rebecca's autopsy, she had four different instances of head trauma. A medical examiner named Jonathan Lucas said the head trauma was possible, quote, because there was evidence that she went over the balcony in a non-vertical position, she may have struck her head on the balcony on the way down, end quote, according to medium.com. Couldn't they see signs of that, though, like on the balcony, like where her head would have hit it? Potentially, but I'm not sure how intense of a DNA search in that area they did. Mm-hmm. A forensic pathologist known for testifying in the Casey Anthony trial named Warner Spritz said, quote, when the body first dropped, she didn't necessarily jump to her death. So she would drop directly downward and she could easily hit against the side of the structure from which she is hanging, end quote. But he did say to be fully confident in that he would have had to seen the way Rebecca's body was hanging from the balcony. That's interesting. I guess that's how he would do his examinations, but her the brother cut her down. Cut her down before police and paramedics got there. Which could also be sus. Maybe, I don't know. Like what is your reason? He was trying to see if he could save her. That's a good reason. Yeah. However, Maurice Godwin, who has a PhD in forensic psychology, had a completely different theory stating that, quote, the chances of bumping into the railing going over the balcony and hitting your head four times is highly unlikely, end quote, according to abcnews.go.com. Very true, because I forgot that he did say four, like, four times. Four traumas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, hmm, Interesting. Did the house have any cameras? When was what year was this? I'm sorry. 2011. Okay, I'm not sure how common cameras were. But yeah, I he don't, had a mansion. I don't know. I haven't read anything about like home surveillance footage. Yeah. So there was some strange evidence also found at the scene that led many experts to believe claiming Rebecca's death a suicide already was a little premature. At the scene, on the outside of the bedroom door that led out onto the balcony, in black paint was written, quote, She saved him. Can you save her? End quote. Wait, he saved him? She saved him. Oh, she saved him. Can you save her? Like that was written where? Painted on the door outside the bedroom she was in that had the balcony she was hanging off of. What the heck? Yeah. There was black paint and a paintbrush in the room, along with knives and a rope, so police took that as some type of suicide note, potentially, and didn't actually confirm that piece of evidence for a while. Hmm. 
Rebecca's family truly believed her death was a homicide. They claimed that Rebecca loved to paint and would often sign her name on her paintings and that the handwriting on the door did not match Rebecca's at all, according to medium.com. That's what I was about to say. Couldn't they do like some analysis on the handwriting to confirm it was hers? I don't know if because it was like paint. I'll have a picture of it posted with the other case photos on our social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard that suicide notes typically don't reflect handwriting very well i've seen some pictures of some and it a lot of times they're really shaky or scribbled Mm -hmm. because people are in a very different state of mind i'm assuming so i didn't read any deeper evidence but they took it as a potential suicide note and that was where they left it huh this whole thing seems pretty shallow Well, the family also decided to have a second autopsy performed on Rebecca to see if they could find anything that could rule out her death as being a suicide. A forensic pathologist named Dr. Cyril Wecht found that the fractures on Rebecca's throat were more in line with manual strangulation than a rope, and he said he would have ruled her death as a homicide. Interesting. An attorney for the family also found in the investigation that there was some evidence that she may have been sexually assaulted before her death that wasn't ever mentioned. Oh my gosh. Another controversial aspect was the bindings on Rebecca's feet and hands. Yeah. So it isn't uncommon for someone who has chosen to commit suicide to tie up their hands and feet so they can't change their mind. So finding her this way wasn't a complete shock. That's really scary to me. I know. I never knew that was a thing. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very upsetting aspect to this yeah. story. The police actually used a woman to do multiple demonstrations as to how Rebecca may have bound herself and the results proved for it to be possible. During the reenactment, the woman tied the rope around her hands several times slipped one hand out to tie her arms behind her back, and then secured the knot. There was a difference that the knot on Rebecca's hands was on top, and the knot the woman did was on the bottom where her hands could have reached to tighten it. Yeah, how would you do it from the top? Yeah, I'd, I'll, again, I'll post the pictures of what it looked like, because maybe, you know, if you had reached your hands, you could pull down, I don't know. It's just a lot of guessing. I don't like this. I'm sorry. Well, there's just so many things that are so, like, they're unanswered, and it seems like it's so frustrating when so many people are saying one thing and proving differently, and I wish it was just a little more straightforward. It's so, it's so hard to, like, fight. It has a lot of layers. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't like the I'm just like, uh, that stuff always frustrates me because I don't know like, yeah. what to think, where to go with that, especially when it's about someone's life. Yeah, you want it to be respected, but there's so much debate that it almost feels like the heaviness and the weight of it gets lost. Yeah. And the arguing and the opinions, it almost becomes like they're not talking about a person anymore. Yeah. So another piece of evidence police looked at was phone records to determine if any evidence could be found there 
And they found that from 8 to 10 p.m. that night, she texted and talked with another sister named Mary to confirm that Zena had made it home safely. At 10.48, she received a text from Dina Romano's sister named Nina, who was Max's aunt, to come talk to her about what had happened to him, but she never replied. At 12.50, a message was left for Rebecca. The police had declined to release who it was from, but Rebecca's sister said that it came from Jonah, and it was about how Max was getting worse and that it didn't look like he would be okay, according to Medium.com. The message had been deleted, though, so nobody was ever able actually to hear what it said. So they're thinking maybe she felt guilty. Yeah. And uh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so sad. It's devastating. The police had actually done a manual search at first, and it took them a few months to use forensic technology that could have found and uncovered the message. But once they finally did, they announced they didn't find anything that would change the investigation. Okay. Despite the back and forth of opinions, Rebecca's family truly believed she was murdered. They claimed she was a happy person, not someone who struggled with depression like they felt the police were making her out to be. Even Rebecca's ex-husband said committing suicide was completely out of character for her. Yeah, but it might be... I mean, this isn't to say that they're wrong, the family's wrong, or anyone that knew her was wrong. I'm just saying, like, if that did happen to someone, especially, like, if you were close to the child, like, she probably knew the child very well. And that happened within your area of responsibility, like taking care of that child. That guilt could take you to a pretty dark place. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I also feel like to be the family member and to lose someone that way, it has to be very yeah. hard to accept since it does seem very out of the blue to them. Mm-hmm. Also, Rebecca's Christian faith contributed to the fact that her family couldn't believe she committed suicide since she felt strongly against it. Mm -hmm. The police did everything they could to answer the Zahal family's questions, even going all the way out to Missouri to show them everything they found that led to their conclusion, according to Sheriff Gore. The family still fought for the case to be reopened and even started a Justice for Rebecca website to raise money for another investigation. On September 20th of 2011, Jonah actually wrote the California Attorney General at the time, who was Kamala Harris, asking for the investigation to be reviewed again at the state level. He believed the police and the facts they had found, but he hoped that maybe this would be a way to bring Rebecca's family some closure. It was declined, though, by the Chief Assistant Attorney General. The family instead ended up hiring their own attorney from Seattle named Ann Bremner. And when she got on the case, Ann said, quote, This would be the first case in the history of the world that a woman killed herself like this. It's ridiculous on the face of it, end quote, according to medium.com. I thought they were claiming that people do that before, have done that before, though. She's on the side of the family, but some people don't believe that evidence is true like i've said people have different opinions on on if they believed rebecca did this or not well yeah i was just saying and she's on the side of the family she's their attorney and that's how she felt so that's why she joined the family's fight Mm -hmm. 
They also hired attorney Keith Greer to represent them in the wrongful death lawsuit they filed in the state court since their request for federal court was denied in 2016, according to timesofsandiego.com. The Sahal family claimed that Adam Shacknai, Dina Romano, and her sister were responsible for Rebecca's murder. They claimed that night that Adam and Nina, Dina's twin sister who had texted her asking to come meet her. Do you remember Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. So they said Adam and Nina confronted her and a witness claims they heard a woman call for help three times at around 11.20 p.m. And as she ran, she must have been struck in the head and then strangled. Gosh, that's a big accusation. Yeah. But in the police report, they actually, I have it linked in uh, the case sources below. It's like a slideshow. Mm-hmm. The police have evidence of witnesses saying they heard a woman calling for so help. That's, that yeah, piece is actually, true. Like from the beginning, people were saying that. That they heard her call for help. Yeah. yeah. Bro. That piece is true. What the heck? What? <laughs> I I don't know. Is there money influence <laughs> like in somewhere in here that like helping his brother out? I don't Well, what the family and attorneys and the whole lawsuit was claiming was that they were responsible for hanging her as a way to avenge Max since it wasn't look like he would survive his injuries. Gosh, hopefully, like, do we know, do you know the answer to this at the end? Yeah. Like, is this fully resolved? To some parties involved. Okay, I'm just so curious. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. At the end of the trial in April of 2018, the jury actually did find Adam Shackney responsible for Rebecca's death. Oh, dang. But this is only a wrongful death lawsuit, not oh. the actual court hearing, not a so state versus like Adam Shackney. Yes. So her family won $5 million from it Holy. for loss of love and companionship and another $167,000 for financial support that Rebecca would have provided for her family. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. After the civil trial, police did do another investigation into Rebecca's death, but once again still stated it was a suicide most likely caused by the responsibility she felt towards Max. (sighs) Almost a year later, in February 2019, Adam Shacknai appealed the judgment, claiming there was misconduct in the trial and insisted a retrial. But instead of a retrial, his insurance company and the Zahal family reached a settlement of $600,000 without Adam's knowledge, so the case was dismissed, according to NBCSanDiego.com. Interesting. His insurance company said they believed he was innocent, but they didn't want to keep spending the amount of money that they were on all his legal expenses. Mm-hmm. The family offered a $100,000 reward for anyone who could come forward with information that would lead to a conviction or change of the San Diego County Sheriff Department's ruling. The Zahal family also sued Sheriff Gore for not releasing the full investigation file, only the pieces that would benefit their finding of a suicide. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's crazy. 
So in November of 2021, a judge set a deadline for the San Diego Sheriff's Department to disclose the timeline they released documents and question if pieces of information were withheld for confidentiality purposes or for privilege to choose to keep them confidential. Mm-hmm. The most recent update was that the judge announced that the family cannot depose Sheriff Bill Gore about information that was withheld from the public. Was depose mean? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, me? yeah. Like it means that uh, he can't be put under oath to answer questions about what he withheld. Why? I don't know exactly why. Hmm. There are reasons things were withheld. For some purpose, so they're saying that the family can't find those things out by putting him under an oath. Oh, okay. Like he can't testify. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying. Another hearing is set for July of this year, almost exactly 11 years later. That's crazy how long that's been going on. Mm -hmm. That's terrible too because that just seems like a constant reminder in a battle that you're fighting yeah that's what i thought i just her family has to be so consumed by this yeah to go on that long mm-hmm. yeah yeah don't wish that on anyone that that just seems horrible mm-hmm. yeah there's just so much involved in this case i it was a lot to try to understand and i felt myself really going back and forth the whole time yeah that's how i, I felt. still feel pretty torn that's really how I felt. Like every new thing that you said, I was like, well, maybe. Well, actually, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. feel like I see both sides. Mm-hmm. But no matter what anyone believes happened, the police still concluded that Rebecca's death was a suicide. And suicide is very real and very serious. Yeah. So I just wanted to take the time to talk a little bit about some statistics and facts to remind us all that this happens every day and it affects all of us since we may know someone or of someone that has gone through this. If this is a difficult subject for you to hear about, please feel free to fast forward a little bit so you can get to our question of the day part. So suicide was an extremely important topic discussed while I was earning my public health degree because it is a serious public health concern. According to the National Institute of Mental Health and the CDC, suicide was the 10th leading cause of death in the United States in 2019, claiming 47,500 lives. For the age group 10 to 34, suicide is the second leading cause of death. And that just, I remember seeing that chart for the first time when I was in college and it was just heartbreaking. Yeah. Another thing I found heartbreaking was that there are two and a half times as many suicides as there are homicides a year in the United States. The suicide rates from NIMH show that males are 3.7 times more likely than females. In 2020 alone, 4.9% of the entire adult population had suicidal thoughts in the United States. I know that's a lot of numbers, but for me personally, hearing that kind of information broken down that way really allows me to put it into perspective and truly realize the severity of how suicide affects the population. 
And I will have the NIMH website linked down below since it has really informational charts that I have spent time researching over the years along with other helpful resources. At the end of the day, it is so important to prioritize your mental health. Each one of you are never alone, and I promise even though we may not know each other personally, I'm always here for all of you. Take care of yourselves and never forget to remind your loved ones how much they mean to you. If you or anyone you know is ever going through this, there are lots of resources linked on the website afsp.org below, one major one being the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline that can be reached at 1-800-273-8255, also read as 1-800-273-TALK. And you can also text TALK in all capital letters, T-A-L-K, to 741741. Yeah, uh, we always bring these, or Avery's been starting to bring these things at the end to actually help people. So never be afraid to use those like resources or let loved ones know about it. So, yeah, I mean, just looking into them, and I found myself scrolling for 30, 45 minutes just reading about what suicide looks like in our communities and how it affects our nation as a whole and what it really looks like because to me just in my personal experience being a public health major those numbers when you see them written out like that Mm -hmm. they just make it all a lot more real for me and yeah I know so many people who have experienced this have a loved one I have known people personally So it is a very heavy topic, but it's something I think we should all be extremely educated on. And even if you don't feel like you can be that strong person for someone, you can always lead them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Because don't ever feel like you have to take on that role because somebody else definitely can. So be the help. Or if you can, be that person. Mm -hmm. You can always help somebody no matter what. Yeah. So I just wanted to leave that with our case today because I know this story had a lot of ups and downs and like I said, I felt myself going back and forth and I just think it would be really devastating if Rebecca Zahal really did take her own life that this message would get lost in opinions and Mm -hmm. people's speculation. Yeah, only caring about that result other than her life being taken or because sometimes the fact of the matter is you know maybe she did take her own life not somebody else Mm -hmm. and i feel like if her you know her family says she was such a happy loving person then we should all want to spread that light and be a good happy like anything you could be to somebody that they need if you can Mm -hmm. i just think it's important it is. So that was this week's case. I know our kind of informational bit is not light, but we care about all of you. And again, I really want to reiterate, like, please feel free if you just want to talk or reach out to me. Like, I could always just be a friendly face if you want to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. We care about all of you. 
very, very much. Very true. So that is this week's case. Again, I'll have everything linked below, all the numbers below. I want to make that clear as well. But yeah. So, right. yeah. Should we move on to the question of the day? Let's do it. The last segment of the podcast. So to end on our notes, like always, want to end with a good start to your day or end to your day or beginning of your week, however you want to think about it. So this question of the day or week is, what are your plans for Easter? Because we love to look forward to fun holidays with family and hanging out. So that's our question. What's what's your plans? What you doing? So, Avery can answer for both of us. Yeah. We're, we're in this together. Yeah, this will be our first Easter together. Yeah. This is the only holiday we haven't spent together. Yeah, we were together, like dating, mm-hmm. but we weren't together in person. We were on different continents. <laughs> yeah. I, I have was gone in back. Europe with her family. Yeah. While she was all alone in the States. Yeah, I spent it with uh, one of my best friends and some of her family friends. So it was it was weird not being with Dylan for a holiday, but now I'm excited to spend Easter with you. Check this one off the list. <laughs> yeah. Dylan and I decided it is absolutely necessary to get each other Easter baskets. Of course. So I've had such a fun time putting together his Easter basket, and I cannot wait to give it to him. Yeah, it will be fun. I'm so excited. I feel really proud of it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so for Easter, Easter morning, we're going to have Kaiser. Yes, uh, I cannot wait. (laughs) And... um, that we'll do our Easter baskets together. I think that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's going to be our first holiday as a family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Oh, my gosh. I just got even more excited. But <laughs> then we, the three of us, are going <laughs> to go over to my family's house because they don't live very far from us. And I think we're just going to do kind of our typical Easter traditions we have food we like to make um i think we do an easter ham usually and there's always those good casseroles on the side and yeah i think if i have time this week that's the goal i'm gonna tackle a cheesecake for easter i'll let you know if i did it or not (laughs) i don't know right now but it's the goal and um so we'll just eat good food um my sister is 10 my one of my little sisters so we like to do an easter egg hunt and I'm going to get all that. I was going to say, Dylan, you're going down. Um, <laughs> yeah, and hopefully if the weather's nice, we can maybe play some cornhole. Chill outside. Yeah. Enjoy some good spring weather. I've got my Easter dress ready to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're excited. Very, very excited. And I don't have work that next Monday, so Easter's like, it's a long weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so let us know what you guys are doing. Yeah. Any fun plans? Going somewhere cool, trying to tackle a recipe. Yeah, maybe you're going on your private yacht. You can invite me. Uh, Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so let us know what's going on. Yeah. Always interested, so. How are you celebrating the spring season? (laughs) (laughs) All righty, well, I guess that's all. Thank you all so much for listening to today i know it was a lot but we're here for all of you mm-hmm. we love you guys thank you so much for your support thank you for downloading thank you for your reviews 
we appreciate it and it means the world to us. It does. So I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everybody.